morning we continue the story of Jesus as he moves through feeding 5,000 and concerning himself and with Herod chasing him and finding the scripture lesson that I printed out for this morning. One never knows what Sunday will bring. Jesus is involved in all of this, and as he tries to go away and find time for himself, he is met by yet another challenge. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. Jesus answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we pray for such instant healing for all that divides us. We pray for mothers everywhere who stand up for their children in the face of those who will not concern themselves with the other, or who are met by out-and-out prejudice. We ask, God, that we may hear the good news in this passage, that we may be healed in the hearing, and that as we are healed, we may be agents of healing as we leave this place. So speak to us now by your word and spirit, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. In 
In the grocery store, it might be the other person looking at the green beans and discussing the quality of the green beans and whether or not they are better or more or less expensive at the farm stand outside the post office in Maryfield and how the sweet corn there is the very best that ever has been tasted. This might lead to a talk about the thunderstorm last night and where the person's son is going to college in the fall. On the street, in the line, at the grocery store, even on an elevator, my mother can and will strike up a conversation with just about anyone. This is common in the Midwest, where it is rather expected as part of just being friendly. My mother is very friendly. And I understand that this is even more so in the South, where if you fail to strike up that conversation, it can just be considered out and out rude. In the Northeast, you mind your own business. You do not bother anyone, and conversation is best kept at a minimum. When I moved from the Midwest to Manhattan, my New York friend advised me not only to not talk to strangers, but to keep my head down and not make eye contact. I was to walk straight ahead as if I knew exactly where I was going, even when I didn't, and avoid looking like a Midwesterner or even worse, a tourist. It is only very strange people who strike up conversation on the streets of New York City, or tourists or Midwesterners. We are taught many times not to talk to strangers, and yet, God says we must do just that. Today we live in a world of strangers. And by that I mean not just people that we haven't met or gotten to know. We live in a world where we find people strange or different, people who have different beliefs, or connections, or convictions, or ways of living, or politics that we do not understand, we do not share, we do not agree. We are strangers to one another. We listen to different TV shows, we read different newspapers, we listen to different radio stations and talk shows. And when we listen to the other, we find it incredibly strange. It is the polarization of our nation. And we tend not to talk to those we find strange or different. We tend to talk and converse only with those with whom we agree, and we often talk about how strange those are who think differently. It has gone beyond 
talking. We have reached an acceptable level of intolerance toward those who are different from us, that we even speak of the other as the enemy. So divided is our world that we have seen just this past week that we have ISIS killing these Yazikis over forced conversions on a massive scale such that it is out and out genocide. Christians in China, a sect forcing conversion and attacking those who refuse. The violence in Israel and Gaza. I grew up in Creve Corps, Missouri, which is just about 20 minutes away from Ferguson. Now, St. Louis is one of the most segregated places that you can live. Being black in and around St. Louis can be a detriment to your health. We don't know all that happened in the death of Michael Brown, but we can see the aftermath where peaceful protests with people in the street with baby strollers turns into a war zone with armored cars and tear gas. And having been in South Africa and in the townships and seen at least pictures and spoken with people who have been where there are armored vehicles with people with sniper guns driving through I am reminded we are so deeply divided. We do not talk to strangers, sometimes not even in our own families, where we get caught up in the email wars, where we get forwarded everything that we really do not want to see or hear and it becomes delete, 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 delete. We don't have conversation. We're afraid to enter conversations and avoid them for fear of being ridiculed, put down, or deepening a divide. In our Old Testament, there is one scripture that tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves. But there are 36 scriptures that call us to love the stranger. It's not because it is easy, because it's not. That's why God has to say it 36 times. Our ancestors in the faith were strangers. They knew what it was to be different. To be different in the land of Egypt, to be persecuted and killed for being different. They knew what it was like to be a foreigner in a strange land, in Babylon. They were the outsider. We know, at times, what it is like to be the outsider, the rejected, the stranger. 
God cares for the stranger, and so must we. Jesus goes further and teaches us not only to befriend and love the stranger, Jesus calls us to love our enemies. Yet, in our scripture today, Jesus seems to have forgotten his own teaching. He is in the region of the enemy. Tyre and Sidon, this is Canaanite territory. Now, if you remember your Old Testament, you remember that the Canaanites lived in the land that God promised to the Hebrew people. Or so the story goes. So the Canaanites were pushed out, and things have not gone very well between the Canaanites and the Hebrew people ever since that time. Jesus is approached by a woman shouting at him. She's violating all kinds of boundaries. She's a woman talking to a foreign man. She's a Canaanite talking to the enemy. She is of different ethnicity. Her skin would have been darker. She's of a different religion, a different nation, a different race. And at first, Jesus simply ignores her. When she begs for help and kneels in front of him, he states the limits of his mission. And she is not included. Then he goes on to call her a dog, which in that culture was just about as low as you could be, a filthy scavenger that licks up blood, a Canaanite dog. It turns out that Jesus really is human and that he is not immune from dehumanizing the enemy. Canaanites are animals, and therefore we can treat them as such. And this happens so often in our world. They're animals. But the Canaanite woman has planned her actions very carefully. She knows with whom she speaks. She must be direct, and she must be quick. She must be loud enough not to be ignored, but respectful enough to be heard. She kneels before Jesus. She uses his religious language, Son of David, Lord. And when Jesus' insults sting, she's ready for it, like the protester who has been taught to stand still when someone spits in their face or calls you a name. Don't get angry, but do not back down. The Canaanite woman risks further humiliation and name-calling and says, engages Jesus back confronting him with his own prejudice. Even filthy dogs get to lick up the crumbs, Lord. God's grace is for all humanity. Jesus' mission cannot be limited to one person because the good news of God's love is for all people. This is her faith. This is what turns Jesus around. This is what happens. This is what he commends. And why does she do this? Why does she put herself in a position 
where she is fairly sure that things are not going to be pleasant. Why? Because her daughter is terribly ill. And Jesus is the best chance for her being healed. How many children in our world today need the healing of our divisions? How we need the Canaanite mother who will stand up and show us our prejudices and make us see the humanity. The Canaanite woman is a figure of tremendous hope. She is hope for our children and our children's children for our future. Our world is possessed by demons that consume our children. She has the courage to cross boundaries. I am reminded of this when I see that Captain Ron Johnson, the African-American trooper who is crossing boundaries all over the place in Ferguson. He's the African-American who's talking with the white governor and the mostly white police force in that tension that has simmered in that region for decades. He's going around and he's saying words that are not going to be popular with the African-American community and certainly not popular with the white community. And yet he is doing that for healing. We need the courage to tell the truth and expose our own prejudices. I see something of the Canaanite woman and the people of Ferguson standing with their signs saying, respect our existence or expect resistance. God is calling us at this very moment to speak with the stranger. It takes great courage to go and speak directly to those with whom we have differences. It's much easier to go and speak about someone with whom we have differences to those who we know agree with us. And it makes us feel supported, but there's no healing. We need in our own hearts and in our own lives to have the courage of the Canaanite woman in all of our relationships. And it takes discipline to listen. It takes discipline to share one's experience and to not debate or simply discuss, but to dialogue so that there can be transformation. There's also the monitoring of our own emotions in truly seeking understanding where we can set aside our hurt and anger. Again, this pastor 
in a different man, a pastor, Willis Johnson, was out in the street in Ferguson, and a young man was about to face off with the police, and this pastor stepped in there and held this young man. He said, I grabbed him. There was just something that said, you have to hold on to this young man to keep him from harm's way, but also because he needed to know that someone understood his anger. He wanted to keep himself and this young boy from doing something they need not do. He says, I just began to pray with him and say, give me the strength, give him the strength to be courageous enough not to do what they expect us to do. We need the tenacity, like the mothers of the disappeared back in El Salvador who met every day to bring awareness of the lost, the disappeared. We need to keep trying in our own families for those moments of grace that do happen with those with whom we disagree. When we step lightly into topics filled with landmines and have conversations about something meaningful and both manage to get out alive, celebrate. Churches in Ferguson are out helping clean up another simple act of celebrating a unity we need the faith that the goodness of God transcends all of our differences. So I give thanks for the Canaanite woman, for the Canaanite mother, for her courage, her audacity, her willingness to approach the enemy and engage conversation with the stranger, Jesus. And I think back to the grocery store and the green beans and my mother standing there talking at length to the woman from Edina. It's only Minnesota. And in the Midwest, diversity means being from Wisconsin. No one is really, truly a stranger. Still, my mother does it. She can and does engage just about anyone in conversation. Because perhaps she knows that God can be present and often is healing in the stranger. She does what God commands us of all. We must talk to strangers. Amen.